Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Good afternoon, morning, evening, you know, whatever day you're listening to this bad boy on, as usual, this is Chad, one guy with a mic, Kane, your host of One Guy with a Mic Presents, Dingers and Dunks, and as of course it's the fall, so we were talking about football Friday, so hello Friday, hope you're all having a good Friday, or did have a good Friday whenever you're listening to this, uh, as Per the huge, this broad podcast is brought to you by shankatgolf.com, where you can get all your golf apparel. If you go to shankatgolf.com and at checkout, put in the code one guy, O N E G Y U G U Y, one guy, G U Y, you will get a discount on your purchase. So go to shankatgolf.com. They have some awesome apparel. Uh, today's episode. We give you a little history about the Oakland Athletics, soon to be the Las Vegas Athletics or Vegas Athletics, Athletics, however they rename themselves. I mean, you got the Vegas Golden Knights, you got the Las Vegas Raiders. So, could you go either way? Um, also, we got a little, since it's football Fridays, we got the college games of the week, which not a whole lot of happening in there. Doesn't seem like... And we got the NFL matches at matchups for this Sunday and for Monday. Obviously, the Thursday night game is already over with. Hopefully, if you're a fan of either one of those teams, the Bengals or the Ravens, your team won. Just saying. All right. So, how did we get here? How did we get to where the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas? Well, it's pretty simple, folks. The Oakland City Council didn't want to help rebuild a new a, a new stadium. The they played at the Oakland Coliseum, which has been around you know forever. It seems like it was one main reasons why the Ra- the Raiders left Oakland is because they couldn't get a new stadium built. The Coliseum has been around so so long that it's basically become inoperable, and pieces of it are falling over all over the place. Right. So the Raiders asked for a new stadium, couldn't get it. Vegas was like, hey, we'll help you out. Moved Vegas, so on and so forth. You also had the Golden State Warriors. They were in Oakland at one time. Then they got a new stadium built for them in San Francisco. So they went back over to San Francisco, where they originally were from, because they used to be called the San Francisco Warriors. So the A's get here for the same reasons. However, there's one caveat to this whole thing is the Oakland A's owner is basically a multi-billionaire three times over, right? And what he did to the Oakland A's these last few years is disrespectful to the history of the Oakland A's. He basically decimated that team and threw out a bunch of triple A'ers, double A'ers with no hopes of winning any games whatsoever to say, look at here, I can't even get people to show up to the game. Well, no crap, buddy. You can't get people to show up at the game when 
you don't put a good product on the field. Now, is this going to change when he goes to Vegas? Who knows? All I know is, is from 2025 till 2027, the Oakland Athletics aren't going to have a home to play at because their lease is up with the city of Oakland in 2024. And as crappy of this deal has been, why would the Oakland area extend that lease the way they did with the Raiders? At least the Raiders leave it on like somewhat admirable terms. However, the athletics are not. So that's how we got there. So this is a franchise that has basically been a vagabond or whatever it is. Gypsies, a traveling band of gypsies as it is. In 1901, though, the Athletics franchise was created. They were played in Philadelphia at the time, and they were American League and one of the American League's eight charter franchises. They would win three World Championships in 1910, 11, and 13, and then they would go on to win back-to-back titles in 29 and 30. The team owner and manager for its first 50 years was Connie Mack. Uh, they had Hall of Famers Chief Bender, Frank Home Run Baker, and he didn't really hit a whole lot of home runs. I'll tell you how many home I'll tell you how many dingers Home Run Baker hit in his lifetime. Ninety six, yeah. We call him Home Run Baker. I don't know why. Jimmy Fox and Lefty Grove. In nineteen fifty five, the team uh, decided to get moved to Kansas City and become the Kansas City Athletics. They were in KC from fifty five to sixty eight. Uh, and then they would move to Oakland in 68 and win three consecutive World Series in 72, 73, and 74. Uh, that was with Vita Blue, Catfish Hunter, Reggie Jackson, Raleigh Fingers were the main cast of characters for that team. Charlie O was the owner at the time. Um, so Charlie O had also changed the mascot for a minute um as well while the team was in kansas city in 63 changed it from an elephant to a mule the state animal of missouri um so there was that then uh it got changed back to a um then it got changed back to the elephant who by the way his name was harry elefante on a play on the singer Harry Belafonte until 1997 when he became Stomper on opening night. Now, Charlie O is, uh, Charlie Finley is known for a lot of shenanigans in baseball. He actually wanted at one point to, um, to create a yellow baseball is what he wanted to do. So, yeah. Um, Charlie, uh, Charlie sold the team, uh, in 1980 to Marvin Davis, who planned on moving the athletics to Denver. However, just before Finley and Davis were to sign a contract, the Raiders were announced they were moving to, to Los Angeles in 82 and then Oakland and the Alameda County officials, uh, refused to let the le- the A's out of their lease. Oh, so yes. Uh, like I said, oh, sorry. He wanted orange baseballs. Tried in a few, a few. These are some of the things that Charlie O wanted. Okay. Um, he wanted to have orange baseballs. 
So they tried it in a few expedition games, but hitters found it too hard to pick up the spin. Um, and then he had a mechanical rabbit that would pop up behind home plate and deliver new balls to the umpire and was named RV at home games in the KC and Oakland. Uh, he hired uh, MC Hammer as executive vice president when he was just a teenager to be his eyes and ears. And he offered players $300 bonuses to grow mustaches during the 72 baseball season for star relief pitcher Ricky or Raleigh Fingers. The handlebar mustache he grew for Finley became his trademark. So there is that as well. Charlie Finley was quite the character. So, A's moved to Oakland, won three World Championships. They would then also win a couple more. They would also win another one in the uh, 80s as well. 1989, they would win another World Series. And that was against the San Francisco Giants. And that was the also the year that they had the giant earthquake as well. So, um, but yeah, so the Oakland, the Oakland A's have in their history have moved. This will be their fourth move, uh, fourth different city. Uh, in that time, they've won nine titles. Uh, they have 15 AL pennants, 17 Western division, West division titles, and they have four wild card berths. Oh, now my more thoughts on this. Uh, I think this is going to be a good move overall. Um, I understand it's it's tough for some of us who have grown up with Oakland, the Oakland A's. It's going to be tough for some of us really Homer, Homer and baseball fans. However, if the owner does what Mark Davis did and starts to spend money, that's going to be a good thing. Vegas is a good is a legit spot to have a sports team as we have seen. I also think in the next five years there's gonna be an NBA team there uh, as well. Um, WNBA play at T-Mobile Arena, so do the Vegas Golden Knights. And I could see the NBA expanding in two year in five five years and putting a team in Vegas and also putting a team back in Seattle. Because we really miss the Seattle Supersonics. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Thunder are not the same. So, that's what we got going on for that. Now, let's talk about the MLB Awards. Okay? Here are the awards that were given out this week. Right? And here's my thing with these MLB Awards. When did the season end, folks? When was the last game of the World Series? Uh, that was when, uh, November 3rd, right? We are now two weeks later and we're just now finding out who the MVP award winners are. That to me is a problem. I understand you want to like draw out your, draw it out, right? Whatever. Do what you got to do. Okay. But at the same time, come on. Give me a break. We should be able to, to all the voting is done before the playoffs. Why are we lagging this thing out three weeks past the World Series? Like you could easily do this the week after the World Series, and then and and get it done. Like I, like I said, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, keep people interested in baseball. 
but by lingering the awards awards around. However, some of these awards awards were announced at like eleven o'clock on a Tuesday. Like who's checking Twitter at eleven o'clock on eleven o'clock at night on a Tuesday? I mean, other than me. So let's start with Shohei Atani, Mister I won another MVP award. Uh, also the top three were Atani, Simeon, and Seeker. Uh, I think Otani deserved it. Um, I mean, yeah, he got hurt. Didn't play the last really two months of the season, but he was just unbelievable as it was up until that point. So I don't have a real real problem with it. I don't have a problem with that one. Got Ronald Acuna Jr. Don't have a problem with this as MVP either. Guy comes up, has the first ever 40-70 season we'll ever see in our lifetime. Granted, a lot of you old hats are complaining about him having bigger bases and whatnot and the pickoff move and blah, blah, blah. The rule changes made it so much easier for him to steal bases. Uh, and I just don't, and yeah, I understand that, but you also have to look at the fact that still stealing bases were on the decline. So there's that. Uh, Cy Young Award winner is Garrett Cole finally winning one. I don't think he... Uh, has he, I don't know if Garrett Cole's won one before or not. I know he's been top two or three. He did the win this one unanimous, so that's a first time ever. Um, I can, that's the first time ever that's been, there's been a unanimous uh, Cy Young Award winner. That's for sure. Um, Blake Snell won another one. He's the, he, joins a list of a small list of players to win a Cy Young in both leagues as well. Um, yep. This is Garrett Cole's first Cy Young award, which kind of sucks since he's a two time ERA champion. So, I mean, figured this guy would have won a, uh, would have won one already. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I also think Garrett Cole probably could be a Hall of Famer. That's all. I'll put that out there any day of the week right now. And he signed with the Yankees for the next uh, one, two, three, four, five. They still got another six years with this bad boy. Oh. After the uh, Cy Young Awards, uh, we look at Rookie of the Year. Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles and Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Not gonna, not gonna be mad about that either. Uh, Brandon Hyde and Skip Schumacher are your manager of the years. I, yep, I agree with those as well. Uh, the Orioles were pretty much the best team in the AL West all year, and then AL East all year, and then you know, crapped out. Uh, Skip Schumacher obviously did what he did with the Marlins, right? Now let's move on to Gold Gloves. You have. Kevin Kiermeyer, Jose Barreros, uh, um, Jonah Heim, Matt Chapman, Mauricio Dubon, Adolis Garcia, Andreas Jimenez, Nathan Lowell, Nathaniel Lowell, Stephen Kwan, and Anthony Volpe, all winning gold gloves this year. Volpe, of course, is the rookie on this list. Um, and then the National League, you got Zach Wheeler, Christian Walker, Dansby, Ian Happ, Kibrian Hayes, Fernando Tatis Jr., Nico Horner, Brenton Doyle, Gabriel Moreno, 
and Ha Son Kim of the Padres. Not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. Your Silver Slugger Award winners are Marcus Simeon of the Rangers, Corey Seager of the Rangers, Yandy Diaz, Rafael, Di- uh, Rafael Devers, Kyle Tucker, Luis Robert Jr., Shohei Atani, Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson, all in the AL. And the NL, we got Bryce Hyper, uh, Francisco Lindor, Matt Olson, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, who's going to get a hell of a deal. Austin Riley and won't be back with the Cubs because Bellinger will not be back with the Cubs. Um, because of Scott Bar- uh, Boris is his agent, and Scott Boris and the Ricketts family do not have a working relationship. Just saying. Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Luis Arez, and William Contreras. Round out all of that. So, there's all your award winners this year. Um, just to be on the other side of it, uh, the last Triple Crown winner for the AL was Miguel Cabrera in 2012. And then the NL, the last Triple Crown winner, was Joe Medwick of the St. Louis Cardinals, just to give you a heads up of when the last Triple Crown winner was. There have only been four Triple Crown winners in the NL in the entire time it's been around. Rogers Hornsby twice, Chuck Klein, and Joe Medwick. However, in the AL, there has been Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams twice, Mickey Mantle, Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, and Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. All right. Uh, let's see. This season of baseball, we had uh, six no-hitters this year. Uh, three of them combined. Oh no, actually, hold on. I take that back. Jeez, we had not, we didn't have six no hitters. That was the three pitchers combined that made a no hitter. We had four no hitters and one perfect game. Michael Lorenzen threw threw a no hitter for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Domingo Herman threw that perfect game for the Yankees. Uh, Framber Valdez threw a perfect game or threw a no hitter for the Astros, and then the Tigers threw a combined no hitter uh, for the against the Blue Jays on July eighth. Oh, a lot of people don't believe in combined no hitters, but you know what? If you no hit, you no hit. That's all there is to it. Okay, so there's a quick little rundown of of that for baseball wise. Glad we got into that. Um, so, let's move on to our football portion of this program. I can no longer say the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers, Cornhuskers have an inside shot at the Big Ten West Championship because they lost again. These guys, Nebraska might not even make a bowl game this year, which I think they will. They win. They just got to win one game, and I'm pretty sure they can win one of their last two. But losing to Maryland is not kosher, boys and girls. And it doesn't really help when you're quarterback. You throw all three quarters back, all three quarterbacks out there, and they threw for combined for seven turnovers. So that's not, not a fun time. However, on a plus side, uh, Jim Harbaugh has – I wouldn't say a plus side, but on the other side of, of the Big Ten, Michigan, uh, Jim Harbaugh has accepted his three-game suspension – 
So he has so last week counts as one game. This week is another against Maryland, and then he will not be on the sidelines against Ohio State. However, if Michigan beats Ohio State and makes the Big Ten championship game, um, Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines for that and also for any college playoff games as well. Uh, any other, let's see, Alabama has clinched the SEC West. Georgia has come, uh, clinched the SEC East. So your SEC championship game is going to be Bama versus Georgia in Atlanta. Um, let's see. You got James Madison going 10 and 0 so far this year and not able to, since they are a new D one school and we have as, uh, as it's been put archaic rules, they are now allowed to be in a bowl game or play for any championships since they are 10 and 0 because usually in that transition year, you aren't having a D one schedule. However, James Madison has a D1 schedule. The Dukes of James Madison have beaten Bucknell 38-3. They beat Virginia 36-35. They beat Troy 16-14. Utah State, South Alabama, who, by the way, smoked Oklahoma State. Georgia Southern, Marshall, Old Dominion, Georgia State, and UConn. They have beaten all those guys pretty damn good. So, they play Appalachian State uh, this weekend, and then they final, finish out the season with the Coastal Carolina. I definitely think that the uh, NCAA is dumb for denying their postseason waiver when you might not have enough play teams with six wins to make the postseason as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, let's see, what do we got going on? So, um, Notre Dame leads all independence with a 7-3 and three record. and yeah, nothing big there. Uh, out in the Pac-12, Pac-2, you got Washington, Oregon 1-2, and two, followed by Arizona, Oregon State. USC continues to lose, and they just fired their, um, I think they just fired their defensive coordinator, or was it their offensive coordinator? Oh, they followed one of, fired one of their coordinators. Um, and also, so in their last five games, they're a one and four, having lost to four ranked teams: Notre Dame, who was ranked twenty first, twenty one at the time; uh, Utah, who was ranked fourteenth. Uh, they lost to Washington and they lost to Oregon, five and six. They play UCLA this weekend to wrap up their schedule and hopefully be eight and four for you uh, usc fans all right uh let's see the big 12 is coming down to texas longhorns and maybe oklahoma state uh, oklahoma can win out they can still make it um they play byu and tcu then you have Oklahoma State, who needs to who needs to lose one, which they lost to UCF last year, last week, forty-five to three, and now they move on to Houston. They're at Houston this weekend, and then they play BYU. So if they win both those games, they are in the Big Twelve championship game against Texas. 
Um, over there in the ACC, that title game's pretty much been decided. That's going to be Florida State, Louisville. Um, North Carolina might have an inside track with two weeks left. However, Louisville plays Miami and Kentucky. So they only have one league game left. And they have one out of game team or out of conference game as well where Duke plays Clemson or where North Carolina plays Clemson and then North Carolina State to finish out the season. So they need to hope for a Louisville loss. Yep. Even with a Louisville loss, I don't think uh, North Carolina gets it. They might. That's gonna be a that'll be a tough one. That'll be uh that'll be up in the air. Uh, let's see. Big Ten East is gonna come down to the Michigan Ohio State game next week. North uh, Iowa has pretty much clinched a clinched at least a tie for the uh, Big Ten West title if they win this week against Illinois they'll have clinched it and then they play next Friday against Nebraska at 11 a.m. on CBS so there's a quick little rundown of college football standings what we're looking forward for postseason play um, the one thing we didn't talk about was my Mountain West Conference you know the guy that lives in Iowa that's a Mountain West Conference fan uh, let's also talk about how the Pac-2 how Washington and Oregon how Washington State and Oregon State were able to keep control of the Pac-12. So, realistically, they can go run as a two-team two conference next year, still keep their Pac-12 name, and then, if they want to, they can. that gives them an extra year to decide who they want to bring into the Pac-12, which sounds like it's going to be a lot of Mountain West Conference teams. So, there's going to be more conference realignments. One more time, people. And the Mountain West might go away, which, hey, you know what, if my Rebels can show up, can join the, um, can go to, uh, if my Rebels can go to the Pac-12 and play as well they're playing right now, then so be it, let's roll, right? So this week, you have Air Force and UNLV. Winner of this game pretty much secures a spot in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. Uh, then, UNLV or Air Force wins next week. That'll be the team that hosts it. Uh, there is three teams tied at four and two. You got Fresno State is four and two, and they hold the tiebreaker over in UNLV since they beat them two weeks ago. Um, then you have uh, Boise State, who just fired their head coach midseason with a four and two record, and they're five and five overall. Um, so, and they got Utah State and Air Force left, so they could technically, they could sneak into the championship game, winning out as well. Um, and then you got San Jose State, which San Jose State's kind of a surprise to me, but they're winners of the last four. They are 4-0 in their last four, beating New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii, and Fresno State. And that Fresno State game was an upset. Just saying. They got San Diego State, who Brady Hoke has turned in his resignation, or retired, I should say, after at the end of the year. And then uh, they got UNLV next Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. So, this week's matchup is... So, let's, that brings us right into the NCAA schedule for this week. 
are there any games that you should be really, 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 really watching? Um, I mean, the best game of the week is going to be uh, UNLV and Air Force for the one spot in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. And the thing that sucks about that, it's on CBS Sports Network. So if you have CBS Sports Network, it's two thirty. It's a 2.30 Central Time game. So 3.30 out on the East Coast, 1.30 Mountain Time, and 12.30 Pacific Time, because that's how time, time zones work. Uh, you do have UCLA, UCSC, USC on ABC at 2 o'clock, 2.30 this weekend. Uh, North Carolina, Clemson. So, and you got North, you got Nebraska and at Wisconsin on NBC, uh, battle of two, three, and four teams. So, yeah, uh, that's that's really it. I mean, you do have, I guess, Georgia, Tennessee at 2.30 for the SEC matchup. Not really, Georgia's just going to wipe the map with them as well. On ESPN Plus, you can watch James, Mad- James Madison beat Appalachian State at 1 o'clock. See if they can continue their deal. You got SMU versus Memphis. I mean, got. I mean, there's some decent games, just not really anything that stands out. I think there was a Pac-12 game. Let's see who was that. You got Utah, Arizona. So number 22 versus seven, number 17. Uh, and that game's at 1:30 on the Pac-12 network. So we're not even gonna get air any of that game aired. Uh, Battle of the Jayhawk Stake. You have Kansas State versus Kansas at 6 o'clock on FS1. That might be a good one. Uh, Texas goes into Iowa State, where I think Texas has lost the last couple of games at, into Iowa State. So, might be on upset alert there. But And uh, Colorado and Washington State play on a Friday night. So, will Deion Sanders be able to make a bowl game? I guess we'll find out. All right, here. Here's the game on ABC. Washington versus Oregon State. Number five versus number 11. At Reeser Stadium in Corvallis, Oregon. Okay, so there's your matchups for the week uh, for college football. Go Rebs to get that dub. Get into that Mountain West Conference Championship game for the first time since, like, Randall Cunningham was our quarterback in 84. Uh, All right, let's move on to the NFL schedule. All right, so you got Pittsburgh, Cleveland this week. No Deshaun Watson, uh, and Cleveland's testing out Joe Flacco. That makes a lot of sense. You got PJ Walker on your team. Go with the go with the guy that ran the um the uh, what was that? <laughs> oh, I can't think of the league now that Dwayne Johnson on them own. You know the one that happens in the spring that. Vince McMahon own at one time that league. Yeah, just go with him. He was the MVP. You got Chicago, Detroit. Uh, Detroit wins. Uh, I'm also saying Pittsburgh beats Cleveland this week. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers go to Green Bay, and we're going Chargers, baby, because Green Bay looks horrible, and it's just not Jordan Love. It's that entire Green Bay team. Uh, next up, you got New York and Washington. Uh, Saquon Barkley's questionable. No Daniel Jones. Tommy DeVito is running out there, quarterback. Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio will be blitzing that guy like crazy, going to Washington. Then you got Dallas versus Carolina. Dallas is probably going to play down to their competition and barely squeak out a win, but they'll get the win anyways. 
Tennessee and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to win. Um, Tennessee, definitely a 500 team. Need to run the ball more with Derrick Henry. That's all I'm saying. Arizona-Houston. Um, I am taking Arizona. Kyler Murray back again can get another win. And then you got Tampa Bay, San Francisco. I'm going San Fran at 3 o'clock on Fox. You got New York and Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's defense. Josh Allen mad because they just fired Ken Dorsey. Uh, Zach Wilson's the other quarterback going definitely against Zach Wilson. So, Buffalo it is. Seattle, L.A., the Rams at SoFi. We're going Seattle. Your 7 o'clock primetime game is Minnesota at Denver. And that could be a game. Denver's looking, been looking good lately. They've, they beat Buffalo on Monday night, and they also got a win against the Chiefs. But we're going to go Minnesota on this one. Josh Dobbs is just on fire right now, and until he's not the hot hand, we just keep going as well. Then your Monday night game is Philadelphia at Kansas City, and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win that game as well. Oh, what game did we skip? Oh, yes, the game of the week, the Las Vegas Raiders. Versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are coming off a bye. They have two running backs that are both questionable. Um, well, Monster's questionable. Achan is coming off of IR. So, there's that. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. Tua is Tua. However, the Raiders are just playing with a chip on their shoulder right now. I don't know if anybody's been watching the Raiders the last two weeks. But since they got fired with Josh, fired Josh McDaniels, they've been playing with a chip on their shoulder. And it's been fun. It's been excellent timing, that's for sure. Um, so, I'm putting the Dolphins on upset alert this week. We're going with the Raiders over the Dolphins in Miami. AP gets his third win of the season. And with that third win of the season, puts them at 6-5 and five and an inside shot at the playoffs. Again, let's go with their remaining schedule. They got the Chiefs. Might be winnable because the Chiefs have not looked good. Uh, they got the Vikings that could be winnable as well. They got the so after the Dolphins game, they have their next three games at home. That's favorable against the Chiefs, Vikings, and Chargers. They can just win one game against the Chiefs. They beat the Colts and they beat the Broncos at the end of the year. Gets them to nine and eight, which I think with that happening, that gets them into a playoff spot because right now you're looking at for the playoff spots. The top seven teams are. Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Houston on the AFC side. Uh, the following teams are Indianapolis five and five, Raiders five and five, Bengals five and five. But the Bengals are not the Bengals. They can't beat good teams. Uh, the Bills are five and five again. Can't beat good teams. Uh, the Chargers four and five, um, and the only team really eliminated uh, so far are the. New England Patriots at two and eight, which wouldn't that be something if they got the number one pick? Just saying, what if they just bottom out and get the number one pick? Oh, and then they fire Belichick at the same time. That'd be great. Um, over in the NFC side, still the same top seven teams: Eagles, Lions, Niners, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Vikings. Vikings and Tampa Bay are one game, are uh, game and a half behind each other, or. Vikings are a game and a half ahead of Tampa Bay. So, there's that. I don't think anybody's catch. As long as the Vikings keep winning, they'll make a playoff and hold that seventh seed. And then they'll end up playing 
Then they'll end up playing the Detroit Lions if the Eagles don't lose another game as well. So I think it's going to be NFL season's just getting wrapped up. Also, your fantasy teams are your fantasy is probably done in the last three weeks. So make that playoff push. Some of you guys still have trade deadlines up ahead. So try to get that player that's going to set you over the top. Um, also, don't follow me on bets. You know, I mean, we did pretty well last year or last week. We went like 10 and 4. So that was pretty good. Uh, and the Swami on ESPN overall. What is the Swami at? Yeah, Chris Bergman, I took your Swami name because I'm more of a Swami than you are. So we are overall 87 and 64. That's a 78.1% win percentage. I'll take that any day of the week, folks. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, make sure to drop a like, drop a follow, rate it, um, subscribe, or, you know, hit the hit, hit the notification button so we get notifications when all these things drop. And, hey, next week's Thanksgiving week already. So we might be taking the week off. Nah, we're not going to take the week off. We're still going to do a podcast for next week. Um, as also tuned in to me when I'm streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv, uh, go there, follow one guy with a mic as well. All right. I appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. Everybody that signs up for the newsletter. Wait, there's a newsletter. Let me check my, there might be a newsletter started. We might be starting a new email letter at the beginning of the year. Just saying that could be a possibility. So, if you have any questions, follow me on Twitter at one guy with a mic, or I should say X. It's dumb. Uh, follow me on TikTok at one guy with a mic as well, and I will see you all on the flip flip side. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman. These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to Sports historynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.